up, Horror Talk? Uh, we're back again with a special guest for episode 14. I have Ja here with me. And Steve, yes, sir. Merlo, Merlo, Marlo, Merlo, however you guys want to say it. You'll know <laughs> it's the man behind the Sawyer Massacre, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it's unofficial. Prequel fan film. Yeah, it's a prequel fan film. Um, amazing, man. I'll uh, put the link in the description as well. You definitely highly, highly, highly suggest, you know, if you're into horror at all. Uh, to go check that out, but um, definitely an honor to have you here, man. We appreciate you, you know, popping in with us. And um, absolutely, well, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, absolutely, man. So let's get a uh, let's get a little backstory on you, man. Where'd you grow up? Um, you know, where are you from? How'd you get into the uh, business and uh, the horror industry itself? You know what? You know what made you decide with Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Was it something you enjoyed growing up, or you know, just give us a little bit Ooh. about you? <laughs> I'll try to be brief. Uh, I've I've grown up. I've lived. <laughs> I lived in Western Canada for all my life, pretty much, mostly BC. Uh, did a little stint in Alberta when I was uh, a kid. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I I always grew up very into movies, all kinds of movies, not just horror. Uh, but uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite horror film of all time, the original. And, uh, you know, back when I was a teenager, I think Halloween used to be my, my favorite film. But, you know, I grew, I definitely grew a bigger appreciation for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when you kind of knew all the subtleties of the film. Sure. And you knew how deep all the layers were of the film and, and sort of uh, the reflections on social climate and all that kind of stuff that it, it was a real impact, impact film. Sure. And, uh, I, you know, Halloween's now number third, number three on my all-time favorite horror films list, you know, really? as, as I get older. I still love it. You know, I, hey, number three is pretty big no, still. But uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas. Now, I didn't see Black <laughs> Christmas till I was 32, I think, when I saw Black Christmas for the first time. And I was like, holy crap, how have I never seen this? It's a Canadian film, too. <laughs> uh, how have yeah. I never seen this film? Uh, and, uh, but yeah, so, but, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is still number one. It oh, still man, is. Man. Yes, sir. And, you know, when I got into filmmaking, uh, it was always Texas Chainsaw Massacre was what I wanted to tackle. Uh, I, I've done some other films too. I've done my original, uh, original projects, but, uh, you know, when, when I really got into filmmaking, I wish I got into filmmaking a little younger. I was a professional musician. I'm still, I'm a professional <laughs> musician from time to time. Right. Uh, but, uh, I, that was sort of how I made my living in my twenties was, uh, music and, uh, didn't really get into filmmaking, but I always had that passion for it. And then finally in my thirties, I, I decided to do it as a hobby and then, uh, you know, I worked my way into the industry a little bit, uh, worked on some, you know, modest budget, uh, films, not, not, not any SAG projects or anything like that. No, no union projects or anything like that. But, right. you know, I, I, I did get to be, uh, um, uh, uh, Ron Perlman's hands. And uh -huh. I think a movie actually just dropped not too long ago. The, the last victim that was shot here in Kelowna. Okay. And I don't, I don't know where you can see that movie now. I'm sure it's on one of the streaming platforms, but I got to be his hands That's for, sick, for That's picking, cool. picking up a finger and putting it into an evidence bag. Okay. So that was kind of cool. Doing stand-in work is kind of fun. I actually enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, directing and, and writing and directing is sort of the real passion. And uh, so, I mean, working in the industry can be fun, but actually making your own films is the best. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing's more satisfying than that. Sure, you don't get paid for it, typically. Uh, but uh, that, that's not what it's about, though. I mean, it's, it's never about money. It's about doing something you, something you really love to do. So... Um, Absolutely. It was really cool to go back to this idea of doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film. Even though I had already done one, my very first film was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film, and it's terrible. It's absolutely atroci atrocious, but uh, it was my first film, and I had never gone to film school or anything like that. So uh, I still have fun with it. I can still look back at that that project uh, called First Annual Barbecue is what it's called, by the way. <laughs> and... Uh, and I can still kind of have fun with it, even though I know it's got a lot, a lot of issues, a lot of issues. It was just a fun passion project that I, you know, I, I, I spent like 1500 bucks of my own money to make, you know, it, it was, it's a no budget film. The sound quality is terrible. 
<laughs> I didn't know what I was doing as a director. I think for half of the film, I didn't even have a shot list. You know, yeah, yeah. it's I learned about shot lists about halfway through the production. Like, oh, well, I should actually have an idea of what I'm going to shoot. You know, right. <laughs> instead of cool going back, though, man. You know, like, oh yeah, I yeah, absolutely. No regrets, that's like a, man. a time half. Exactly. Um, who who's the actor? Maybe you. I mean, you probably know. Um, the girl in the pink dress when they're the two females are in the closet. The one has curly hair. The one has straight. Um, the straight hair. She did a phenomenal job of acting. Oh, in that. Think oh it. man. Like, and believe it or not, she was one of the uh, one of maybe two or three uh, actors in the entire film that had no no prior experience. Uh, I really, was all, really, all, really, all man. of. All of the uh, actors that we had, other than with the exception of two or three, had had a fair amount of uh, uh, film experience, film and television and commercial experience before doing the Sawyer Massacre. So uh, that was her first film. And I remember getting her. Her name is uh, Alicia Graham Allen. That's her real name. Her okay. stage name is Alicia Jade. So you'll see her credited as Alicia Jade. Gotcha. But I, I, I'll never forget getting her audition I'm and getting uh, her resume in my email when I was doing auditions and looking at her resume, it had nothing but modeling on it and, and wait, you know, waitressing and uh, bartending and stuff like that. It was like, well, right. should yeah. I even, I said to myself, should I even bother sending her sides to audition with? Right. And uh, I did anyways. I just said, what the heck? Just, just send Never her the know, sides. Right? Yeah. And holy shit, she blew all the other auditions for that role out of the water. I mean, that, and it was that same scene in the closet too that that uh, she auditioned with. Dude, that um, on. I mean, everything from emotion to the way her hand was shaking to just. I mean, that was. I mean, you couldn't play that out more real if you wanted to. It looked uh, you know, exactly. Yeah, that was uh, actually I, one of my favorite scenes from the film. I stand behind that casting choice. Like some people say, you should have got all union actors, all SAG actors. Made it a union film. Well, that would have cost me about three hundred grand yeah, <laughs> just yeah, to right. just just to do that. And and actually, you know, I actually early on I didn't know enough about the union stuff, and I did try. We had a couple actors attached okay, that were right. that were SAG, that were SAG, and we had unfortunately we had to let them go because we just couldn't do it. I went oh, through I all it, the man. paperwork. I spent a lot of hours going through that paperwork, yeah. and only to say the numbers don't add up. I can't. We can't uh, afford absolutely. to do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. No, I think so. Phenomenal, man. I, I, I like to say, you know, <laughs> you know, you watch a lot of fan films, man, and um, you know, you can more or less, you know, kind of get that vibe that it's a fan film. Um, I just want to say, man, the 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 camera work, the uh, post editing, and and just the overall like angles and lighting. I mean, you guys fucking nailed it, man. I mean, everything you mentioned there gives oh. credit gives gives credit to the man Charlie Brady. Charlie Brady. Uh, he he was the cinematographer, the editor, the gaffer. He fucking he, nailed he, that. He he nailed it. He nailed the film. He nailed the atmosphere. That was beautiful. It was yeah, no man. Honestly, you know, like I said, uh, you know, it, it didn't even look like a fan film. It, it you know, it almost looked like something you'd see in theaters. I mean, the the just the overall, you know, like I said, the angles and the work of the camera and the lighting and the quality and the <laughs> editing. It just came together man really it flows like water man it is definitely uh you know phenomenal so it definitely shows that you can do good stuff for for very little you know i mean we had our budget was a fraction of what a hollywood film gets made for oh, you know it really was it was it was a crowdfunded project we still have our, our crowdfunding campaign for me to try to break somewhat close to it being even gotcha, on this right. movie Absolutely. but uh, uh actually i'm not that far i'm, I'm not that far That's i'm actually hear, getting man. close Oh, I'm like great. maybe a thousand, maybe a thousand dollars off of breaking even oh, really? at this Good point. Good I'm you, like, brother. wow, yeah, how did I do that? You know? <laughs> but uh, but I mean, it, it these these fan films now. Uh, the Sawyer Massacre is by far not the only one. Uh, I was blown away, and I'm not a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan, but I was blown away by Bloodlines that came out a couple weeks ago. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I did see Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Well, um, and I thought that was great. You know, Jason Brooke has Jason. You know. He actually he plays Jason actually in a few fan films. Uh, you know yeah. Peter Peter Anthony's also Peter Anthony, yes. He's a good buddy of mine. He always good buddy of mine too. Great, Great guys. Movie. Yeah. There, there's a fan film community now that's that's making stuff that is better. That is that is Hollywood level. It's fan films aren't what they used to be in the horror genre. Right. They, they used to be just you know 
a, a few friends going together with their iPhones and, <laughs> and just shooting whatever, you know, no real, no real thought put to it. And it's, it's, you know, Hey, I got a leather face mask. Let's put on my mom's <laughs> cooking apron and uh, we'll make, we'll make a Texas chainsaw mask or fan <laughs> film. It doesn't matter that leather face is about half the size as he should be yeah. or, you know, it, it's, and that's fun. And I, I, I hope nobody thinks I'm knocking that stuff. It's, it's all in good fun. Uh but you know, at the same time, you know, uh, fan films don't have to be, no, don't have to not be professional looking. And I think, I think the last few years, I, I mean, specifically, I guess since uh, Never Hike Alone came out, uh, it, it's really stepped up the bar. You know, that professionals can make fan films, and what? And I keep getting asked the question, why would you waste your time making a fan film that's not going to do anything for your career? And in fact, I somebody on a YouTube channel basically said to basically told me that uh, a fan making a fan film that's going to do nothing for your career shouldn't have cost any more than a hundred dollars. And I I couldn't help but laugh. (laughs) This this person said that to my response is, I didn't have a real career before making this movie. Yeah, man. And now I have investors like wanting to invest in my next film. Absolutely. So I mean. Anybody that's got that mentality that a fan film can't do anything for your career, you you, you got it. You ignorance is bliss, I guess. But yes, you know, sir. please, people, there's more to it than that. There's more to it than making Absolutely. profit off, off of a film. Absolutely, you and do it for the passion yeah. and the community. You do it for the passion. Yeah, and right. the opportunities can open up too. Oh, don't I, don't do it for the opportunities. Do it for the passion. Yeah, make Where something good quality. And and the opportunities will come, and uh, I feel like uh, that's what this film has done for me more than anything. And and uh, I just want to say, I just want to say, for anybody that's wanting to become a filmmaker out there, don't try to make a film for a hundred bucks. You can't even afford insurance on a film for not even for a day, not even one day of filming. Insurance is not going to be that cheap unless you're really lucky somewhere. I don't know. Uh, it's the fact is, and you have to have insurance if you're making anything quality, we'll say that. So filmmakers that don't get insurance, that's a big no, no, I'm sorry. You got to cover your ass. It's, uh, it's do it. My insurance was over a thousand dollars. You know, it was over a thousand dollars for, for our film, but worth every penny because man there there's some times we thought somebody was going to get hurt and there, there were times when actually people did get, get mildly hurt uh so uh, i i i i'll never i'll never stress enough how important it is to get insurance you won't be able to get permits without insurance too by the way so if you're shooting in like city property somewhere you can get arrested <laughs> you know without that permit right so um Quick off topic here. I'd love to hear this because I'm on board with you that uh, I'm not a big fan of Friday the Thirteenth. And my oh, really? I mean, I'm usually the only person in, in like a horror is, group. Man, <laughs> I have such a high respect for you know John Carpenter back in the day and Halloween that uh you know that one phone call just threw me off where you know Sean Cunningham just kind of you know hey look at Carpenter he's killing it in theaters you know let's rip it off let's make some money. I don't. I like Jason. As a character, like, I got a, a, a part three Hawk mask here. I like Jason. Like, I don't care for the franchise, man, the films. I, I It's just, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I was just I hear you. I hear you. On that is. I mean, I don't mind the films for the most, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't think I've seen every single one. I think there's at least a couple that I haven't seen. Um, I do find I, I was finding again maybe I need to wa- rewatch them, but I found I was getting a little bit repetitive with a lot of them. It was kind of the same thing over with with Friday the Thirteenth. It, it felt like it was let's just see how many people Jason can kill in this film, yeah. and let's see how high we can get that body count. Uh, I get it; it's that's cool and all, but Jason lost his ability to be scary to me. By the third film, yeah, it it really was. You know, the first one wasn't Jason; it was his mom. The second film was the sackhead Jason, which actually, personally, I find scarier than Hockey Mask Jason. Yeah, That's just scary. my personal opinion. Uh, it's one one reason why I was really, I'm really was really invested in my special boy. I still liked it. I <laughs> came out last night. I liked it, but you know, at, at the beginning, they were really promising a lot of sackhead. 
and I get it. I'm good friends with James. I, I'll never know yeah, so James. Oh, they uh, did a they did a great job for what they had to work with. James on here next uh, week. Oh, awesome! I just wish there was more sackhead. Uh, there was yeah, just a little flashback thing, me, right? Was, he did tell me that he had to cut a lot of those scenes out. I know it was a budget thing. Yeah. So I, you, you know, it, you know, he didn't he didn't do as well with crowdfunding as as I did. And I don't I I, I don't know what what the reason was because honestly, Jason fan films seem to take off. Uh, I I have no idea. I I tried to 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 pay attention to what he was doing. I was you know he, he and I were pretty close. Uh, I, you know, I, I was trying to give him advice a little bit cause I knew that he was, uh, uh, he was trying to get into like bloody disgusting, but he didn't have a press release or anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, I, you learn as you go. I mean, I didn't know about press releases before I, before I started this, it was something I researched, uh, before I started crowdfunding for, uh, the, uh, the Sawyer massacre. Cause I wanted to know how people were getting their, their stuff and in, in stuff like bloody disgusting and Dread Central and Bangoria and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to know, and I learned about doing a press release and uh, was fortunate enough to get my my uh, crowdfunding campaign mentioned in Bloody Disgusting. Uh, so it worked out. It worked out well. So uh, I don't think he ever got mentioned in Bloody Disgusting. I'm not sure he might have, but it might have been after the fact. I don't know. Uh, I know he's worked really hard on it. Uh, Braden Timmons is great too, and he did uh, the Haddonfield Nightmare. Uh, so I mean, these these guys, we're all we're all kind of a community. We're all I, I love all those guys. They're really great guys. We support each other the best we can. I wish I could, I wish I could have been more supportive. I did uh, back uh, James Grimm's first campaign, even though I'm I'll be honest, guys, I don't have a lot of money, and I I always try to I'm I'm a I really am your starving artist, you know, and and I always try to separate what I made from the crowdfunding campaign from my own money, but so. Gotcha. I did what I could. I, I, I did what I could to, and I wish I could have contributed more. Uh, yeah, same I, just, I only was able to like uh, put up $10 and I got my name in the credits. So, but you know, all, all that still applies, you know, supporting. You know, you support any way you can. And I supported uh, Dave McRae's It's Me, Billy, the best I could. Again, wish I had more. I, I mean, if I, if I could, I would have gotten like a lot of, I would have gotten a poster. I would have got a lot of the merch. I would have got uh, Blu-rays and, and uh hoodies and stuff i would have done a, a lot of that stuff if i could because i'm a big black christmas fan and dave mccray really did david david mccray and bruce dale made a real sequel to black christmas that i, I you know it has its flaws too uh but uh, at the same time you know they made a high-end looking fan film and they took risks not everyone would think to go the opposite route with the ending of the original so uh you know it's risk, uh, you know, I took risks in my film too, as far as the writing goes, you know, I, I wrote the Drayton Sawyer character to be quite different than he was in the original. And it, that, that actually came from me reading the original script and the character description of, of him. It just, it felt like a very natural way to go with the character that he would have eventually progressed to uh, the character he was in the original. So, but, you know, some people it works for, and others, it doesn't, you know, and that's, that's, that's art, you know, it's, it's yeah. going to be subjective. And, and uh, if it doesn't work for someone, you know, what can I do? I'm sorry, I guess. You know? uh, and, but those that it did work for, I, I, I'm glad I made something that, uh, that spoke to them. Right. Um, I got a quick question. So sure. <laughs> can you think of, so you want to go a little positive, negative here. So can you think of a time during production, whatever filming, that something wasn't going your way, like, oh. like, like, fuck, we don't have a generator, or we forgot this, oh, fuck, where's the mask? And then on the other side of the table, or the other side of the road, is there something that, you know, you're just like, fuck, thank God this worked, like, thank God this fell into place, or thank God this truck was there, like, anything in that sense, you know, a negative and a positive. Oh, definitely. Oh, as far as negatives go, um a lot of the no shows that we had uh as far as crew goes uh the day the first day of production our transportation coordinator was mia and i had to call i I, we actually actually it ended up being our leatherface actor went and picked everybody up (laughs) you know to get to the set you know and we were like four hours behind shooting schedule because we're shooting out in the middle of nowhere and you know we got some one person in in uh 
in um, in South Austin and one person in Leander, Texas. You know, it's it's they're all scattered all over the place. So by the time uh, you know we actually got so that's one negative. There, I mean, other negatives. I mean, we didn't get all the the time period vehicles that we were promised, and we had to rewrite the, we had to rewrite the script around only having three time period vehicles rather than five. Uh, and that was tough. Uh, yeah. That was, yeah. that was, that, that really put, that really had us put our creative hats on uh, more, mostly on me. And, but I had to communicate that stuff with the, uh, the cinematographer and the cast because they had to understand how the, we were changing the script. We were melding the script. So the story was still intact, but we had to change things around to, it, it, there was just a lot of there was a lot of negative factors a lot see, of negative you know, the weather the weather was a huge factor it was freezing really it was freezing in march it, it, march in texas is not as warm as you'd think uh it was cold it was really cold and windy we had a lot of a lot of wind oh. <laughs> uh but positive I, I i can't this is the most positive thing that any filmmaker can have is that every single member of that cast and crew worked their asses off. And you know what? It shows. It shows. It, it oh, shows we, absolutely. The, the movie would not have been made. Money aside, we could have had double the amount of money that we had behind this production. But if the cast and crew didn't come together like they did, the movie would not have been made. And that's a fact. It brought tears to my eyes on more than one occasion. I love everyone that was a part of this film uh in the production stage because uh, it was like I, i'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about it i can't I, I, you, know? you have no but, idea yeah. what they did you can feel the passion. what, what yeah, they, they the passion. what they went through making this film it's uh it's it really shows that that everybody was behind the script uh, behind the idea of what we're doing and uh and uh I'll never forget it. I've never worked on a film production where, where the cast and crew were that dialed in together. They're, everybody was jiving with each other. You know, you always get some disconnect a, a lot on scripts where you have to over-communicate things to people. We had nine days to film this feature film. Nine days, that's nothing. If, if everybody wasn't jiving, it would have fallen apart because... There's extra. The communication you have to do is is so much. You, you know, I you have to imagine. give extra. The direction, the direction I had to give the actors was incredibly minimal because we didn't have time. There was no time to give to do take after take after take and go all over all these nuances and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, you know, anybody that knocks the acting is out of their element as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, because those types of performances don't get uh, performed in nine days. Right. Definitely not in, at, a, at an amateur level. They, they were all so professional. And uh, I, I just, I've never, I've never experienced that before. Uh, it, it's, uh, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I thought everything was well rounded, man. And like I said, Absolutely. Again, it all flowed. Pops to you, the team, anybody involved, because beautifully done you know you can see the passion in it i can see your vision what you was trying to do you know i i have a question max now what made you want to do a prequel to the original it uh that was something that was in my mind for a while um and uh it, like when i first thought of the idea of doing a texas chainsaw master film came after watching the remake and and uh it was because, and it was because there were certain elements of the remake that I really loved, and there was other elements of the remake that I really didn't love, and it just it just got my creativity on what I would have done if I would have done a remake. And the, but the more I thought about it, it's like why do another remake? Why not do a prequel? And then of course a few years later they did do a prequel to that movie. Yeah, the and beginning. Then, yeah, the beginning. And then of course now like uh, just not that long ago, 2017, they did a prequel to the original called Leatherface. Um, but, you know, I still, I, I wrote it in the sense that it wasn't really necessarily a prequel, prequel per se, more like a prelude. I guess I almost yeah. feel like that's a better word because pre, the word prequel always seems to imply origins. We're, we're, we're finding out how Leatherface became Leatherface or we're finding out how the Sawyer family uh, became the Sawyer family. 
became the evil people they are. And I didn't want to do something like that. Uh, I find what's scarier is not knowing, having that mystique. You know, maybe get some clues, some hints from certain elements, but but not actually dive deep into those origins. Uh, Because I think that that tends to make characters uh, less scarier. Uh, when you know, I can agree one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys agree because some people were like, "Where's the or?" Some people were like, "Where's the Leatherface's origin here?" You know, yeah. uh, expecting yeah, that's, that. That's why some... characters, characters like Leatherface and Michael Myers work so much because you don't know, you know, you, you usually see the mystique is just they they're there right there and then, and then you know, same same with your film. You know, you see Leatherface, you, you get you see you know the house and stuff, him lurking in the basement. And by the way, whoever did the practical effects. Oh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. That was our, uh, and he was he was a last minute person too. Sergio Guerrera from uh, his company's called the Darkness Effects, I believe. Okay. Uh, and he's based uh, in San Antonio. Yes. The practical effects look beautiful. Now I he know came in last thing. minute. Actually, he came in because our original SFX artist um, bailed on us. <laughs> Essentially, wow. she bailed. A month before, and she was supposed to make the Leatherface masks like the summer before. And I kept hounding her about that. I kept asking her, "Do you want to quit? Should I hire somebody else?" And she was like, "Oh no, I'm still on board. I'm still on board." Blah blah blah. And then a month before production, quit. Wow. Uh, she did do one life cast, but we never got it from her. She life cast one actor uh, for the Leatherface mask, and but we never got it from. Her. So that actor. The actor that played Brandt had to have his face life cast twice. Wow! Uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys didn't know anything about life casting and making uh, well, yeah, ma- silicone masks. Make she our 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 SFX artist had to make three silicone masks that were life casted from actors in one month. One month. Yes. It's it was crunch, and he was like, "I think I can do it. I think I can do it." And, uh, and uh, like, are you sure? We we received the masks on the second day of filming, so and we were supposed to get them before filming even started. But you know, first day of filming, I'm like, uh, you know, his assistant was there; he couldn't even even be there himself. And I said, "Are the Leatherface masks here?" And she's like, "They'll get there tomorrow. We promised. You don't need them today, though, right?" And we didn't need them. We didn't need them either of the first two days of filming. So. We got them just in the nick of time. Uh, it was the, it felt like sabotage. If I'm being honest, I felt like the the original SFX artist was trying to sabotage me. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to make that claim. But it, it almost oh, felt right. like that. Absolutely, man. Um, give me a little insight on the house here. Um, how'd you find sure. it? You know, how does that go? Blah blah blah. Yeah, that, that I love that location. Like the, the way you shot it, it was just really well done. I actually like. Well, believe it or not, this is this might come as a surprise to you. I'm not sure, but there's actually three different houses buying for the same house. Really? Um, yes, oh, the basement, the basement and closet that the that the girls were hanging in were one location in Wharton, Texas. That uh, that a fellow reached out to me, and the reason why why this was one location. Basements are extremely rare in Texas, especially base, especially basements to the dimensions I really needed. Right. And uh, the issue with the basement at the time when I first talked to this this gentleman in Wharton, Texas, his name is Robert Gill, by the way, and he has a cameo in the movie. Oh. We gave him a cameo just for helping us out. Right. And uh, but uh, I I waited on it for a little bit though because his basement wasn't of time period. So it didn't look like it was authentic to like early 1900s or even late 1800s. And we really wanted something that looked and felt like that. Uh, but then he he talked to me and said he had a friend that uh, is a carpenter and would do all this, all this construction on it to, excuse me, really give it the feel that you need. And uh, so he did. And, and, and the carpenter did it for... Uh, uh, what did he do it for? He d- did it to have his music in the movie. So he's one of the composers of the of the film. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so that, w- that was pretty cool that he did it for that. And uh, yeah, and just, to, you know, the screen credit. And, and he did it uh, at the price of the materials. He did, so he donated his time. It was not overly expensive at all. And I think the basement looked pretty 
pretty damn good. I mean, it would, but it would have been better to have an authentic time period basement than, than what we did. But right, right. at the same time, it, it, I still think that basement looked pretty darn oh, it was, creepy. It was. Yeah, that's so, the lighting in it. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the one location that we shot the, the basement stuff at, and that was a little bit further away from our main location, which was in Bartlett, Texas. And that was the location we did uh, for all the interiors and the okay. close and the close-up exteriors. Gotcha. Um, I'm not happy with the close-up exteriors, actually. If I'm being honest, I know some people uh, will like those, but I had a specific vision in mind for the the exterior of this house, and it really wasn't even close to what I wanted. I really wanted a very tall house with a stucco exterior rather than a boarded exterior. Uh, with uh, boarded windows so I really wanted boarded windows because I really want to get a sense of you, you couldn't just jump out the window to to get out of this house there was only kind of one exit that you could 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 have you know so uh, so that was the main location we shot it we shot mostly there for convenience and then for the wider shots was not that far away actually in, basically in the same town of Bartlett just down the road about a 10 minute drive uh, was the, the house that we used for all the wide, wide shots. Oh. And that was closer to the vision. It was much more closer to the vision that I wanted as far as the look of the exterior of the house. But that house was so dilapidated, we couldn't get any closer to it uh, than we did. Well, Otherwise, it, it would, you know, it would have, it, it would have been too obvious that that, that was not a, uh, a house for, uh, uh, it's the house you see in our poster, by the way, that, you, that that was the best uh, picture we ever got of it. We never actually even got that angle of the house though in the movie, right. but uh, that is the, that is the house. And that was really kind of the uh, look I was going for, even though it's not a stucco exterior, it's closer to a stucco exterior. Uh, and it's got these long windows that I really, really like. It just, it just has a really spooky look to it. And uh, that's really what I was going for. Uh, it's It's kind of unfortunate that the other house didn't quite, match up from from an exterior point of view but it was the most convenient house for us unfortunately so uh it, i'm probably the only one that uh, doesn't like it <laughs> because everybody else thinks it's a really cool location and it is i just had a certain vision and it didn't quite uh didn't quite live up to uh those expectations but you know right we we artists are nitpicky on our own work you know <laughs> but uh I found them just uh, through connections on, I, I made a lot of connections on Facebook. Right. Uh, a lot of, joined a lot of groups. Uh, I wish I could have been able to scout them my, per, in person. So I would have understood the layouts a little bit better. Cause it, again, it forced us to, uh, to be creative with the script a little bit because, uh, cause they weren't matching the scripts very well, but uh, yeah, we made it work. Oh, I thought it came together. <laughs> great, man. Um, how about a little info on the gas station that uh, I know people are interested in? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in that. Um, just so everybody knows, I really, really, really tried to get the uh, the actual gas station in Bastrop to let us film there. Uh, but I think they have, for some legal reasons, or so, I think it's legal reasons, I could be wrong. I'm just speculating here, so I just want right, to yeah, preface yeah. that I I think there there might, but they wouldn't let us film there essentially. Yeah. And no matter what connections I had, to, and I had a lot of connections to people that knew the owners and were buddy buddies with them, really good friends with them, and they just would not let us film there. This it was not going to happen. Right. So Damn. I had to find a different gas station, and uh, oh, I think the gas station we found was pretty cool. Yeah. It was expensive. It was an expensive location, but it was just one day. So it was like, ah, let's do it. Let's Whatever. It We're doing it. Get her done. And uh, it, it, I think it worked out pretty good. But, uh, not like you know, considering it's not the real gas station, it's, it's, you get the idea for sure. Now, how much shit is for people that, you know, aren't in the movie business? Like, I'm watching the scene right now. Um, you know, you got cars sitting there. There's a rusty refrigerator outside. How much is that? like of that is there versus placed for the movie you know, like, like... in the gas station most of that was actually there the only that. things that were placed were the was, i think it was just one vehicle we had that day okay. i think it was just one one of the cars 
and that's the car that the the family pulls up in okay um and we barely even see that on screen all the other cars were already there uh because the owner of that gas station turned that gas station into like a uh 50s uh it was sort of like supposed to be like a 50s uh cafe or something like that gotcha and he he holds parties and stuff there I, i can't remember all the details but uh yeah, so most of that was there, other than the car and the and the airstream you see in the background. Yes, uh, that is of time period, by the way. But that that belonged to our production manager, and uh, we used the, we the airstream was actually used as a trailer for our actors to get changed yeah. in and for us to have our That's our cool. food That's our cool. food in and stuff like that. You know, uh, it's a, but it just so happened it was time period, so. We left it in in the uh, frame, and and it. Uh, I love it. I I love that the, the airstream is actually in the movie. Right. I think it's great. Yeah, no, that's cool. Here's the rim scene. I love it, man. That's nice uh, the rims. Oh, uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, it's, you know. Hey, man. I know. I mean, I like I mean I'm glad that most people can see past that. There are yeah, a few people man. that are you like know, some people that are. Yeah. Nah, and the girl and uh, the girl when she gets hung on the meat hook and we get the close up of her feet, those shoes are definitely not of time period either. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's a few things. Uh, it's not perfect, but you know what? There's Hollywood movies yeah, so that, that that have this, that do this. That you know, even the, uh, that was one of the things I didn't like about the remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A lot of the wardrobe was definitely not of time period. Yeah. You know, Jessica Biel's uh, wardrobe, you know, they they didn't dress like that back then, you know, with the midriff showing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, I mean, if you got problems with our time period stuff, you got to have problems with a lot of these Hollywood films that, that try to capture time periods and, and <laughs> fail too, you know. So at least we, we, we really made the effort. And uh, I, I think it, it shows that we made the effort on and on such a low budget, you know, it's uh, – it's a miracle that it looks as good as it does. Actually, I, I have to say. Absolutely. Do you? Um, who was behind these masks? Uh, Sergio, Sir, Sir, so, the masks yeah, was, for uh, for yeah. for Leatherface. Yeah, Sergio of the of the Darkness SFX. Okay. Uh, yeah, he made like I said, made them within a month. Uh, the old, there's actually one mask that was actually made here in Canada, with the SFX artist I had used here in multiple productions I've done here in Canada. I wanted to get her name on the film because she's done multiple right. films for me for really cheap. So I wanted, I wanted to, you know, give her some real money for the, for making a mask. And so the, the very first mask that Leatherface wears was made by her and it was a sculpt rather than a, uh, a, um, uh, life cast. <laughs> it was a sculpt. I sent her a picture of one of the early, one of the early kills in the film and that's the guy who gets his throat slit with the with yeah. the meat cleaver in the beginning. And she sculpted the mask to, to kind of look like his face. So it's implied that it's supposed to be his face, but it's never fully. It, I mean, a lot of the faces aren't really fully explained in the movie, but they are all based on characters in the film that get killed. Uh, so in case people are wondering, I know, I know they don't really look a lot like a lot of those characters. Again, it was the time crunch. Uh, right. Making making those masks in a month, I think if if he had an extra month, maybe they would have looked a little a little closer to the actual actors. But uh, but uh, again, it was because you know Leatherface in the original he wears the different masks to uh, take on personalities, uh, different personalities. So the idea was he's putting on these masks to take on the different personalities of of these characters that have you know different personalities in the film. You know you have Brant who's like a pretty boy. And so, and and it's, and says early in the he says early in the film, if anything happened to this face, I think I'd kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of ironic yeah. that Leatherface cuts off his face, puts it on, <laughs> and then kills him with the chainsaw. So it's like he's watching himself kill himself. That's awesome, it's man. it's uh, irony, but also terrifying at the same time. When you I, I, oh, absolutely, you, you, no. you definitely feel for his friends that have to watch it. You know, yeah. <laughs> hooked on there forced to watch all of that yeah you definitely you definitely feel a lot of claustrophobic moments in here which that was the goal that was definitely the goal i i I wanted to feel it more i was i again it was due to the location but we really tried our darndest to make it feel claustrophobic like tight spaces and stuff in that house even though it really wasn't it really the the spaces weren't as tight as i wanted 
I wanted Leatherface to look bigger in the frames and stuff like that. Uh, but the camera work, but I'll, I'll get again, credit Charlie Braley. He, he made it look claustrophobic, even though it really wasn't as claustrophobic as it, as it, uh, as it was intended to be, uh, due to the location. Uh, but, uh, but I think oh, we pulled it off fairly well. Yeah, man. I'm glad you feel that way. Cause I, you know, I wasn't sure, no, it was, uh, yeah, you know, definitely man, feels Chris, I like it. <laughs> Um, I wanted you to have the sense like, oh God, they got to get out of this damn house. Yeah, no, get out so, of that house. Yeah, how man. are they ever going to get out? And again, <laughs> you know, the idea was there's only one door, one door to yeah. get out of, and uh, all the other windows were boarded up. And we kind of did that interior wise. And you see them trying to get out that window, yeah, no, pull the board that. off and stuff. But uh, but that was that was the idea. I wanted all the windows to be boarded from the inside and the outside. Uh, just. Uh, logistics didn't let that happen for us unfortunately right no you guys you guys put it together well man um so big you're a big tcm fan so uh what's your favorite in the franchise and your least favorite in the franchise favorite easily easily the original okay. easily not like not, nothing that even comes close uh you know it's and it's and like I'll, I'll be honest i'm not a huge fan of the franchise as a whole um well, what's your time i would say then? You got a favorite timeline or as far as Do you, I almost feel like there isn't a real timeline. I mean, there, there's, I, I mean, there's, right. there's sequels that go with the original, but none of them really go together really for, for the most part. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the only real timeline you could say is that the, the recent Leatherface movie that came out in 2017, then the original, then Texas Chainsaw 3D that, that feels like, but again, the original just doesn't fit with those other two films in my oh, opinion. Absolutely. I didn't care uh, for the second one, man. I, I did enjoy the third one. Um, well, a lot like of people that, like the third one. The yeah. house, to me, is like, you know, I just feel like in the second one, you know, you take the house away, in a sense. You know what I mean? It's just Yeah, I hear you. Know? I hear you. Yeah. I think the tone was just so bizarre in that second one, too. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's just so, it's such a different tone than the original. It's so goofy, so off the wall that... I don't know. I, I, it's hard to believe it was directed by the same person, but it was. Uh, but uh, I, I'd say my like, absolute least favorite, uh, I'd, I'd still have to say Texas Chainsaw 3D that came out in 2013, I think. Yeah. Oh, gee. Man, yeah, that was, was just hard to, hard to enjoy on any I level. I agree with that. I like I like 2017, man. I I uh, yeah, dude. Hey, I didn't like fooled. that. Oh. They had me fooled. They the did, time. eh? I you know, thought. Oh, I thought. You know, I thought hey, it was so obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I had me fooled, man. I was like, you know, and I was devastated when I found out that wasn't him. I was like, are you shitting me right now? I'm like, I fell for that, but I don't know. I thought it doesn't make sense. I'll say that no, much. It sure, make you sense. you could never believe that that tiny guy could be Leatherface. Yeah, uh, when he's when he's basically an adult at that point right. in the movie, you know, how how would he grow another? I thought Bud foot? was gonna be the whole time. <laughs> I was. Uh, it was a red hair. I mean, I, I called yeah, it. it was. Yeah, I it pretty was. much called it from the beginning. I think it would have been. I think it would have been more interesting if they made the tall, skinny guy Leatherface, the, the, that creepy guy. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. you know, you could believe a skinny guy could get fatter. Yeah. But you don't believe that a grown man could grow another foot in height. It's just, uh, so at least that guy had, had was tall. Right. That guy was tall and maybe not quite tall enough. He was taller, though. He was like, he was definitely way over six feet. The other guy was like five nine or something like that. I mean, he's just a five eight, five nine. I mean, Leatherface is tall, uh, but you could believe that in a few years he would get fat. So I, I, I would have, I would have been cool with it if that other character became Leatherface. But uh, it was so obvious from the beginning because they're setting this guy up as like the protagonist of the movie, which is uh, not something you really want to do for Leatherface. Make him a a sympathetic right. character, but they were adamant about making Leatherface a sympathetic character for that series, which was something that really bothered me, actually. But, you know, besides that, though, oh. uh, I just thought it was really obvious, and I thought the reasoning felt very rushed. Um, so it's it's not my least favorite, but it's not far off. Right. Texas Chainsaw 3D is my least favorite, <laughs> though, because they really turned him into an anti-hero, and the, the plot holes in that movie... The uh, I know a lot of people complain about the timeline in that movie about the time, you know, 
right. but uh, uh, you know, I could, I could, I could actually forgive that if there, there wasn't plot holes and there wasn't this, there wasn't bad acting and bad dialogue. Uh, I, I'm hard on it. I am hard on. It. I'm not going to lie. For a Hollywood film, though, that had a, a multi-million dollar budget, should have done better. Right. They should have done better. Uh, just saying, should have done better. All right, so let's say, you know, a lot of people like to say that John Carpenter kind of laid the foundation for the horror industry, you know, in 1978. Do you got to give credit to Hooper back in 74? Like, do you think Texas Chainsaw Massacre definitely laid some type of foundation down for that style of, you know, film? Definitely some type of foundation for sure. I mean, I mean, is he the first... Uh, revolutionary horror filmmaker? No, I mean uh, Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, uh, but uh, you know what? For me, though, it's not just about Hooper. It was sort of similar to what I experienced making the Sawyer Massacre. Is that it was an it was a dedicated cast and crew that made that film. Without the production design, absolutely. Without the art direction, without uh, without the acting, that movie wouldn't have been as good. It, it simply wouldn't have been. Yes, Hooper deserves credit for what he did on that film, but he is definitely not the only person. He's definitely not the only person that was involved in making that film. And uh, it almost kind of, I, I hate to say it shows, but I mean, you look at the films that Hooper did after that, and it's none of them ha- really have quite that impact that uh, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre did. So, no, it's um, real, not to say that he made terrible films after that. I mean, some of them were better than others, but, uh, but I mean, Poltergeist is considered a classic. It's not really my kind of movie, mind you, but, uh, you know, there's some people out there that'll claim right, that Steven not... Spielberg really directed that movie though, too. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, who knows for sure? Who knows for sure? Yeah. Um, opinion here. <laughs> Just going to throw it at you. <laughs> All American Massacre. What comes to mind? I've never it. seen it. I mean, it's well, an unreleased no. movie, right? right. It's uh... yeah. yep. oh, I've dug. I've dug deep, man. I've found nothing. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, uh, I, just... I mean, apparently it's been made. That's apparently it's what been I made. Mean, you know, I'm... is is it any good? I I mean, I you're. This is coming from somebody who wasn't a big fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, though. That was Tony, right? And uh, Toby or uh, his kid was it not that did this? Something like that. His, yeah, his yeah. Toby Hooper's son. I think it was his son. Yeah, Tony. So um, all I can say is it. I, I can't judge. I mean, I can't judge a film, a film I've never seen. But <laughs> as somebody who's not a big fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, I probably don't care that it never gets released. I, I wasn't a big fan of I wasn't a big fan of, fan of the character of Chop Top. Oh, okay. uh, he was yeah. just too cartoony and over the top for me. Okay. It's like they tried to recreate the hitchhiker with that character, but it was just too over the yeah. top to really make it believable. Uh, but I know, but hey, you know, no disrespect to the character, he has his fans. Yeah. Chop Top has his yeah, fans. He, he just doesn't do it for me, uh, and that's that's okay. You know, it, it doesn't do it for me, but he does it for a lot of people, and a lot of people are mad that I didn't include Chop Top in my movie. Ah, uh, but I never was. I was never going to because again. Right. I, it's 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 not the uh, IP that I'm that I'm uh, really trying to connect to. So okay, no, uh, I just wanted to. But, oh, it's it's uh, it could be a great movie though. I mean, I never I, I would never dismiss curious. the fact that it could it, it could be a great movie. I would definitely watch it. Yeah, that's if what it, I mean. You know, if right. it ever got released, it never will be. But if it ever got released, I would watch it. Yeah, you know, and right. maybe it would be great. Maybe it would be great. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll um, never know, I guess. We'll never uh, know. Yeah, no, hopefully one day it does get leaked, man. Um, I hope so. I hope you know, so. Just for but... the fact, just to, you know, just to be there. But, um, so, you know, I will get this wrapped up here. Um, what's, what do you got working on, man? You got anything more planned with, uh, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff? Are you working on a separate project? What do you got in the works? Uh, I mean, it'd be nice once this stuff settles down with the Sawyer Massacre, but uh, I do have uh, a script for an original feature that I'm uh, planning to put into production, hopefully by next summer. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I I can't ignore all the stuff that's going on with with the Sawyer Massacre right now, and there's a lot of there's a lot of hype going with it. So I, um, I want to honor everything that I have to do with that. I have a lot of Indiegogo perks. I still need to fulfill. 
I have to get on. I really have to get on uh, the the uh, behind the scenes or well, all these special features for the Blu-rays and DVDs. It's uh, been tricky to get on to get all that stuff together. Um, but you know, I, I I will get on it. Right. Patience, backers. You'll get your Blu-rays and DVDs at some point, but uh, uh, it's just finding the time. It's oh, fine. It's fine. It, but uh, I'll get there. I, I mean, I'm a fa- I'm a family of, of stay-at-home dad, basically, with a daughter and a son. Awesome. And uh, it, it does take up a lot of my time. So I hope oh, yeah. that uh, the backers will be patient with me on those Blu-rays and DVDs. Uh, we have shipped out certain perks. We shipped out all our hoodies and, and yeah, T-shirts. Totally understandable, man. And are doing it a little bit at a time, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying, to, trying to possess myself, you know, but uh, we are getting to them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ho- I mean, the, hopefully the goal is that I can be done with all that stuff, you know, by the end of the year. Uh, that's the goal anyways, at least send the Blu-ray and stuff to the manufacturer at least. And uh, I can start working on my next film <laughs> and right. start funding it and all that kind of stuff, the fun stuff. Uh, hopefully the opportunities that uh, have presented itself with this film will make funding the, the funding part for an original feature uh, that much easier, I hope. Uh, crowdfunding is is tough, though, and if I do crowdfund my next film, it will definitely be on a smaller scale. Um, just because it's, it's so much work and I, I need to, uh, I need to, uh, take a step back a little bit, <laughs> but, right. but at the same time, I, I need to make a film at the same time. I, at the end of the day, I got to make an, another film. Right. Yeah. Um, so where can the people find you at, man, to keep up on what you're doing? Sure. You know, Twitter, Instagram, you know, website, you know? all of the above. Well, no real website other than, I mean, unless you consider the Indiegogo page, a website, uh, but yeah, Twitter is Massacre Sawyer. Uh, Instagram is uh, Chainsaw underscore Sawyer. On Facebook, uh, we have uh, the Sawyer Massacre Facebook group, the, which is the Sawyer Massacre at Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film. Also have a page called the Sawyer Massacre. Uh, we're on the Slasher app. I'm on TikTok even. <laughs> hey. I'm, finally st- I'm finally starting to grow the talk a little bit. It's right. taken a while, but uh, I've never really understood TikTok. So. <laughs> right? No, man. It's you know, it's that new age stuff, man. You know, we're. Oh, I know. It, you know. I'm a forty. I'm a forty plus year old man, so catching on to a lot of the newer stuff is is definitely more difficult. But I'm always trying to learn. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um. Well, hey, man. We definitely appreciate the time today. Um. You know, definitely having you on here, and I, you know, I can't wait to see what uh what comes next. We'll definitely uh. Yeah. And definitely would be donating for sure. Yeah, definitely man. have all my money. Yeah, <laughs> throw uh, <laughs> social media and stuff down there. Um, awesome. Do you want me to guys send you guys some links? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, man. If you could shoot me awesome. over or you know the group chat or whatever, send me over some links. Yeah, I can get all that put in there, and that would be that would be great, man. Um, awesome. I really appreciate that, guys. Yeah. No. Um, I got a few questions real quick off stream, but let me wrap this up. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, some more guests coming up next week, but uh, as always, uh, later. Peace. Yeah.